Hi there, and welcome back to Mugful of Mimosas, the podcast where no one has time for proper stemware. So grab whatever cup is clean and closest to you and fill it up with your drink of choice for today's episode, because today we are going to dive deep into depression. So join me, won't you? <laughs> um, Yeah, I am coming out of a pretty dark depression period and um, I realized some things as I was coming out of this depressive period and I was like, you know what? I think that this could potentially be helpful to somebody else. So why don't I just record it and share it with uh, the 20 of you who listen to this podcast. (laughs) So if you're ready to talk about uh, depression, fill up your cup and join me. Why don't you? As I talk about this topic that um, I... I thought I was familiar with, but I, I, I guess not. Um, so to, I guess, give you a TLDR, some of the story up top, uh, this summer was a piece of shit for me. (laughs) Um, I was stuck in a pretty deep and dark depression that was pretty vicious at times, um, and easily hideable, uh, at other times. Um, but, you know, coming on, not coming out of, like being on my way to the other side of this depression, actually the way I, I have been able to describe this depression, um, to my therapist and my psychiatrist, uh, is, that I feel like I am stuck at the bottom of a well. And at the very bottom of this well, like I keep trying to climb out of this well, but the the bricks that make up this well, like at the bottom where I am are slippery and like I cannot get a hold onto them. So it's just like, I know exactly what I need to do to get out of this well, which is climb out of here using these bricks and my strength. But I... I can't do it. So I can see the solution to my problem, but I physically cannot do it. That's the way I, I was able to describe it to my therapist and my and my psychiatrist, my care team, uh, if if you want to call them that. Um, but but I think before we even jump into any of the other things that um, that I used to kind of help me get that foothold out of the well. Um, is the most important thing here is this care team, right? My psychiatrist and my therapist, um, because I saw them both this week and I came to some crazy realizations that I wouldn't have if I didn't have both of them. So if I wasn't talking to my psychiatrist and we weren't talking about like what like biologically played into this, like I would be missing a piece. So all that very, very super long statement to say, you know, y'all know how I feel about therapy. I am the proponent. I am like the number one cheerleader of therapy. So definitely, 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 if you have not uh, started therapy, you should look into getting yourself a therapist because everybody deserves the space to be able to feel selfish and self-centered. 
you know, a lot of times people are just like, oh, I don't want to make it about me. I don't want to talk about myself. Like, it's not about me. Like, everybody deserves that space where it actually is just about you. So if you uh, don't have a therapist or are feeling reluctant about getting a therapist or starting therapy, uh, just know that it's a space for you to talk about you, like with no judgment, no guilt, no, no fear. Like that is the point of the therapist is to help you like unpack and like learn yourself. Now coming back to uh, the actual like dark hole of depression that I was in. If you've been listening to the podcast, I was diagnosed with MS, which is multiple sclerosis. And uh, the TLDR about multiple sclerosis is every like feeling that you feel in your body like is caused by your nerve endings. And when you have multiple sclerosis, your nerve endings are covered and protected by this like stuff called myelin that like allows you to like feel pain if you get poked, Um, you know, alerts you like hey, you should send pins and needles, like your hand is asleep, like all of those sensations, like that covering of your nerves, like helps regulate it so that those feelings only happen like at appropriate times. And when you have MS, that covering gets damaged and gets um, degraded. So sometimes you feel things that are like actually not really happening. So the best way that I uh, can explain this to folks is there's medication that I take to like maintain this so I don't feel this all the time. But when I don't take my medication, my hands feel like they are swollen. So they feel like tight and achy, but I'm looking at them and they're not swollen. They're just fine. You know, they still have all of their function. It just, the MS tricks my brain into thinking that I'm feeling something different. And so Um, With MS, I was on one type of medicine and uh, due to some scans recently found out that the disease has progressed a little bit. So I needed to change to a different medicine. The way we found this out is because I was having a what we call a flare up, which is I was having numbness and tingling in my right arm. And then I also kind of was having diminished vision in my right eye. So I was like, hey, something's wrong. Like I should alert my doctors, alerted my doctors. What they found was progression in the disease uh, with two new lesions in my brain because that is how the disease presents. Now, in order to resolve the flare up, what we call that like that numb feeling of numbness in my hand and you know the diminished vision in my eye the course of action is to do massive uh doses of iv steroids um and there was also a plan to change my actual maintenance ms medication to an infusion medication which for those of you who might not know is i go to the center they like hook me up to an iv take this medication over the course of a couple of hours via IV, and then they send me home. So all of that happened at the very, very, very beginning of the summer, pretty much almost to the day uh, that marked one year since I'd been gainfully unemployed uh, and desperately searching for work. Um, so it was, it was all that to say is that it was a rough time and I just wasn't putting two and two together. And you know, hindsight is 2020 because now looking back 
on everything, I I see how all the pieces like fit together. Like <laughs> once you have the puzzle complete, obviously you can see the picture, but I see all the the small the small things that kind of like led me to the bottom of that well, right? You know, I, you know, my personal trainer that I love, you know, she transitioned and she got a different job and, you know, we stopped training. So I stopped working out because I didn't have to, right? Like nobody was counting on me to work out. So I was just like, whatever, I don't have to do that anymore, you know? And at that point, I can't remember if my therapist and I had already moved to uh, weekly sessions, but I don't think so. I think she and I had moved to seeing each other once every two weeks. So like there was that piece, you know, and my, you know, support system was kind of busy with their own lives. You know, one of my best friends that I usually kind of hang out with and spend most of my time with, you know, she was away for the summer, you know, visiting her parents, you know, obviously my husband's at work all day And my days just turned into this, you know, silo of just wanting to be alone, but also desperate, desperate, desperate for connection and attention, but also desperately afraid of seeming needy and, you know, being a burden, asking for too much. Y'all, it was and is because I'm still not all the way out of the well yet. Um, I'm definitely getting there. I'm I'm almost there, (laughs) but I'm definitely not in the same place I was at the beginning of the summer. But, you know, it was just it was just very isolating, very lonely. I don't even know how to explain it. You know what? Actually, it was like Groundhog Day. It was like a shitty Well, actually, (laughs) that day is shitty for Bill Murray until he has it over and over and over and over and over and turns it around and stops acting like an asshole to people. And then he finally breaks the loop. But oh my gosh, I think I might have just had like a realization like in this moment right now as I'm recording. But he figured it out. The, The way to break the loop was to be genuinely nice and kind to others and like considerate to others. And the way I started breaking this loop was to be nice and kind and considerate to myself. Because, you know, if you are like me, type A, high performing, all of that, you know, like you have the most, well, me, I'm going to speak for myself. I have the most compassion for everyone else. Like, I am the best person to call if you need a hype man. I am the best person to like pick you up if you're feeling down in the dumps because I'm going to let you, I, I will let you know you are that bitch. There will be no bitch before you. There will be no bitch after you. Like you are it. Like I'm that hype person, but I do not extend that same courtesy and respect to myself. Um, You know, just because I've, I've, lived off and survived off that mentality that, you know, like if you're not at the top, it's because you didn't work hard enough, like work harder, work harder. So it it was just that, you know, it was just me telling myself every day, like you didn't 
take care of your your body enough physically and you know like now you're deeper down in this you know disease like this is your fault like you you know have it's been one year since you've been able to like get any work like full-time regular traditional work you know and it's because nobody wants you because like that's not what's for you like maybe you're just like meant to go back to this thing that you don't want to do because like that's all that will have you and those were all the thoughts that were just like swirling this like this negative spiral and oh y'all just like even like just talking about it now being far removed from it like it feels heavy my best friend and I we we like (laughs) there's this commercial that we reference fairly often because it's one of my favorite commercials of all time I'm pretty sure it was for the antidepressant Abilify their commercial was this like <laughs> this like black cloud, this like rain cloud that's like over this person. And they're like depressed, obviously, like the cloud is a depression. And it's following them from place to place to place. And then the person and their cloud go to the doctor. And <laughs> the doctor's office, the person is sitting there with a clipboard, like taking notes. And the cloud is sitting right there, right next to them with the clipboard, also taking notes. And it's just like, yes, that's actually exactly what depression is like. Depression is taking very careful notes on everything you do so that it can spit it back out in your face about how you're not good enough and how you'll never be this and you're not doing enough and this, that, and the other. So like... (laughs) That was a little bit of a detour because I love that commercial so much. I literally can picture that sweet, sweet cloud in my brain with his little clipboard. Oh, my God. It's so funny to me. It's so funny to me. But that was a very long way to say that that's what I kind of like liken this to. Like there's just like a cloud over over my head and, you know, not wanting to do anything, not feeling any motivation to do anything. I just like... I thought it was me, you know, I thought it was just like, oh my gosh, I'm not good enough. I'll never be enough. Like, what is even the point? To the point where, you know, I I, I got to the place where I was like, not necessarily having like suicidal ideations, but like, I was like, I have like come to the edge of that river. I didn't like jump into that stream there, but I was just like, huh. Look at this river here. Like, I just came that close. Um, but, like, even being that close was too much for me. I was just like, hey, like, what is going on here? Like, I am, like, something is wrong. Like, wh- what is this about? And so then I flagged it for, you know, my therapist. And and there was just, like, and she said, you know, like, you could be having a, like, you could be in a depressive state, like, you could be having a depressive episode. And, you know, it was literally getting up, having a list of things to do, sitting down to do thing one on the list, or like anything on the list, and literally being paralyzed to the point of tears because as I even go to attempt to take one step forward, all my brain can think about is the anxiety coursing through my body about all the other things on that list that I still haven't gotten to, that I still have to do. And 
it was hard. <laughs> it was rough. It was like, it was many a day of sitting and crying at my computer. It was like many a day of, you know, curling myself into a ball on the couch. It was many a day of being stuck, stuck in that muck, right? And like being unable to move. And the worst part about being somebody, like I would say, I would call myself self-aware. I would, And I would say the worst part about being self-aware is in those moments like that, where it's just like, no, no, like, I know exactly what I need to do to get myself out of, you know, this funk, out of this depression, out of this hole. I know exactly what I need to do. So why am I not doing it? Like, why am I such a masochist that I, do I enjoy pain? Do I enjoy hurting? Like, why do I not care and love myself enough? And then, okay, and that is how we enter the... Uh, anxiety thought spiral, please keep your arms and legs in the ride at all time, lest, you know, it also physically damages you since it's going to emotionally damage you. Right. (laughs) So like, that's how that goes. And, you know, through conversation, um, with my therapist, I realized, I realized a lot of things. I realized one, I was like, I was stuck in, rumination spirals, you know, and she, you know, she sent me a worksheet and she's like, I want you to look at this, you know, like next time you're like in one of those spirals, I think it could help you get out of it. And the most helpful thing, like it was the most helpful thing because it said, you know, everybody has thoughts of rumination. Like you ruminate on, on everything. Like that's normal. That's natural. Unhelpful thoughts on rumination ask you why and helpful thoughts on rumination ask you how. So an unhelpful thought is going to be like, why? Why is this happening to me? Why does this always happen to me? Why can't I ever get my shit together? And the the helpful rumination thought here is like, okay, like how does this keep happening to me? What are the actions that are that I'm taking to get here? Like maybe I need to not do that. Or like how can I get myself out of this hole? Basically, instead of sending you further into the wallow, like motivates you and moves you to action so there was like that one piece that that you know we we discovered like helping get myself out of those tricky tricky thoughts tricky thought moments thought spirals the other thing that uh we recognized was I wasn't talking to my friends and family uh, she specifically asked, you know, like, hey, and like, and who ha- else have you been talking to about, you know, like, these feelings that you've been having? And I looked at her and I was just like, no, girl, <laughs> that's what you're here for. <laughs> that's why, you know, that's why we're talking. Um, but, you know, she helped me realize, you know, I can't just be her. I can't just have all of these things, all of these feelings, all of these emotions, all of these experience happen, all of these experiences happening to me. And like, I'm just like bottling up and saving it for her. I need to be talking to the people in my life. But my problem was I didn't want to be a burden. I was just like, no, like, I don't want every time I talk to these people for like, the only topic is I'm depressed because like, 
I, I can't, you know, I don't find any joy or energy in holding a conversation, you know, like I, I, I'm just like not in that headspace, but I, you have to, <laughs> you have to talk to others. You have to get it out of your body, journal it. If you don't have someone to talk to, um, you know, it just, it, it was, it was so, so important. And I did, I noticed a change, um, once I, I started sharing with, you know, with select trusted people, you know, that I know would not help me further into a spiral that would, you know, help me out or know me well enough to know if this is just a moment where I just need to rant and rave and vent and get it out and solutions later, right? The other thing that we discovered was, you know, changes in my behavior and how they were impacting my, my, my brain, you know, uh, I, I realized, oh shit, I actually do need to be regularly working out. I didn't realize the impact that regular workouts had had on my brain. And I was really shocked at how quickly I deteriorated when I stopped regularly working out. After working out at least twice a week, every week for the past like five, six years, how quickly my mental just like went downhill when that was like removed as being a a regular part of, of my routine. And in the midst of that, it also caused me to confront my reluctance to to working out you know the reason I maintained you know uh this consistency over the past couple of years is because I've consistently had a personal trainer that I've specifically told do not refund me unless it's like a true emergency like if I'm just like not feeling into it like keep the money if I have to cancel a session because like I want to like be held responsible and liable like I want to like be held accountable for for doing this and once I realized, oh, I'm not working out, like I need to start working out again. Like who can I call for, you know, like accountability? I was just like, I, I got to the point where I was going to like call a friend and say, hey, like, can I pay you $20 to like be on the other side of the Zoom, my Zoom screen and just like watch me work out just to like make sure that it actually happens. And then I, I realized in that moment and I was, as I was trying to like con- concoct some like finagled plan that I was just like, oh, this is so annoying. Like, unfortunately, I have to have the intrinsic motivation to want to do the workout. And like, unless like I choose to do it, like get up and choose to do it myself with like nobody waiting for me on the other end, like it's just not, it's not going to work out. Like I'm not going to want to do this. So I'm going to have to like want to. And I hate that I want to, but I want to because it makes me feel better. And as soon as I started, like, y'all, it's been maybe like two weeks. As soon as I started working back, working out regularly again, it was an almost immediate shift in in mood. And like, I, I, I'm sure that somebody out there who's listening to this thinks I'm being facetious, but like, 
it, I all, all I can think about is legally blonde. Like exercise gives you endorphins. Endorphins make you happy. Happy people just don't kill their husbands, right? You know, like literally, like I felt that physical change in my brain and I was very shocked. I was just like, oh, wow. So all of these years of science, like data-backed science, is, is there with telling the truth? Huh, who'd have thought, right? Who'd have thunk it? not me. But yeah, like I, I, I noticed that change. And then the other thing that, uh, I, I did that, uh, I think might sound a little bit, uh, therapy. Uh, but I actually do think it worked is I did some inner child work. And what does that mean? What that means was I did some stuff that made me happy just because it made me happy for no other reason. Like nobody asked me to, I wasn't dared to, I like didn't record. I mean, I did record it, but I didn't record it like for content to like upload it. I recorded it because I wanted to remind myself of what it looks like to, you know, be happy. But the, the way I did that was I started going on the swings. So when I was little, I would love, 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 love getting on the swings. Um, and, you know, I haven't gotten on swings for a while uh, because, you know, I used to be much heavier than what I am right now. Over the past couple of years, I've lost like a total of 100 pounds. Um, but, you know, I've just been very like mindful of like my size. And I just hadn't done that for 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 years since I was like probably like a teenager um and I just saw the swings and I was like you know what I think I'm gonna get on these swings and I got on those swings man I was high as hell on those swings I got up so so high and my stomach just dropped from the like excitement and I just something clicked in my brain that day like oh okay having fun like having fun is it because that afternoon, like I went home and I like cleared a shit ton of things off of my to-do list. And I don't know why other than like joy activated some sort of like component in my brain. It like unlocked a door that unlocked another door that unlocked another door. But I think like that, that was the key. That was the work with the inner child was like, do things that you enjoy you haven't done in a long time that nobody was depending on you for something for like you just wanted to do it it wasn't being productive like just brings you pure joy and then in that same respect there was also some like healing of some old wounds that also happened this summer because my husband and I decided to go to theme park with uh my family and you know, I hadn't been to a theme park in at least like 15, 20 years because that's when I got really big and I didn't fit. And let me tell you something, there is no greater level of embarrassing than you getting to the front of a ride and getting on that ride and not fitting into that ride in front of everybody else. My God, that is like, that's like a special level of hell that unfortunately some of us have been unlucky to experience. So after that happened to me one time, I just stopped going on roller coasters and going on those roller coasters, man, like, I don't know, like those drops, like really like 
finished doing the unlocking in my brain because I've just found a, a renewed sense of purpose and joy just by being present in this moment and living this life. But I don't think I would have been able to get to that this place had I not had that initial breakthrough moment on the swings. All that to say is go play with your inner child. Go do something that makes your inner child happy. What did you what did you used to do when you were little that truly brought you joy? Was it coloring? Was it painting? Was it watching cartoons? Was it going to the park? Was it swinging on the swings like it was for me? Because I honestly do think that that did something to my psyche that helped me get the first step out of this depression. And then because I wouldn't be me if I didn't wrap it up this way, but it's also just a reminder about the care team and how important they are. I took all of this information that me and my therapist talked about and we made a plan. And then I went and I brought that to my psychiatrist. I said, listen, this is how I've been feeling. Like, is there is there something that we can do or change? And there was a change in, in recalibration and medication. So like, don't be afraid to what and what my therapist shared with me is like this is why we need the whole entire team because the whole entire team gives us all of the pieces of the puzzle um you know because we she and I we weren't even like making those correlations about the summer and the medicine and all of that and how that could you know impact what I was feeling my my psychiatrist was just like yeah you know like while I I'm not concerned in the sense of like, you sound like you know exactly what you need to do. And it sounds like we have a good plan. Um, It also, like I want to point out to you, like after a change in medication, after massive doses of steroids, like this is a normal reaction. Like, so while, you know, it's still unusual in the long grand scheme of things, like I, I am not worried and concerned to a place where like I don't think that this is something that you can't get yourself out of because you're already like on your way out very clearly. So folks, that um, is all she wrote about uh, this depression. Stay tuned uh, to see how I further get myself out of this depression once uh, things start going my way. <laughs> said like a true depressed person right (laughs) oh boy but like always thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of mugful mimosas if you can please hit that subscribe or follow button to come back and join me for more and if you have a minute please leave me a five-star review on spotify itunes or wherever you listen and follow me on instagram or tiktok at liz laugh love nyc sorry for all the ands But I will hopefully see you next week. And between now and then, please, please, please make sure that your cup stays full. Bye.